Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the season finale of the Demon Land podcast. Uh, the series took a number of twists and turns, and uh, if this was a real TV series, it would have been likened to a soap opera without the happy ending. And I'm sure that uh, most Demon Landers, as they always do, would be uh, calling for our axing after only uh, one season. Uh, my name is Andy, and once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Grave Viney. Good evening, uh, Grave Viney. How are you? Uh, good evening, Andy. The big question is, will the viewers tune in for a second season next year? <laughs> well, I guess. As I always have been saying for the last 10 years, the only way is up. So hopefully we can continue that trend. Um, and back by uh, not-so-popular demand, uh, and if one Demon Lander had his way... Um, you would have been axed too, uh, Nasha. Uh, good evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, That's a it was, nice it was intro. Good to get my very my very first heckler. That was uh, <laughs> much appreciated. Um, no, had so much fun last week. I thought I'd uh, give it another go. A uh, little bit less happy circumstances this time, of course. Yeah, well, there's nothing much uh, we can do about that. Um, and as we sort of discussed, uh, the game's been discussed to death so we're not going to be discussing the uh the actual game we all know what uh what happened or or more likely what didn't happen um but perhaps we can talk about uh how how it made us feel and uh, from my point of view i'm feeling dead inside i was just um i was livid after the game i didn't want to have to rely on another team to get us in there we had a job to do and winning would have got the job done and um, unfortunately we had to wait another day to find out our fate and um, yeah, uh, Nasha, how, how did you go <laughs> not being actually even at the game and having to watch it on TV? I, um, I've, I often say on the forums that I try really hard uh, not to take losses personally uh, and you know, I understand that you know, they, don't do it on, they don't do it to us on purpose but there was a moment uh, probably about three quarters of the way through that first quarter where I was just thinking, you mongrels, how could you do this to us? Um, it was just, it was, <laughs> that was the worst weekend. And I spent the whole um, whole of Sunday watching football. I watched um, Essendon play Frio just for a laugh, really, just thinking, oh, yeah, I might as well, might as well take a look and see what's going on. <laughs> And then uh, Frio, Frio teased us for a little while in that last quarter, and I was thought maybe they might get it done. And then uh, it was just misery watching the, that Adelaide West Coast game. That was just so painful. Uh, I don't think I've ever spent so much emotional energy on football in my whole life. That was just the hardest thing. Um, and really couldn't have gone any worse in the end, could it? No, well, I couldn't even uh, bring myself to actually watch the game because every time I watched it, West Coast kicked a goal. Like, I would turn it, I was watching the scores tick over and Adelaide would come back. But every time I said, oh, well, now I'll watch it, you know, try and have some fun if Adelaide are going to win this game. Um, yep. West Coast would kick a goal. So, you know, my typical uh, MFC, SS, uh, you know, black cloud that hangs over my head. I, I thought, no, I, I can't watch this. So most of the game I watched the score ticking over. And there was one stage in the last quarter when we got to, well, we, <laughs> Adelaide, <laughs> a depleted uh, Adelaide team, um, uh, got to within 17 points, I thought, hey, um, this we could be it. But, uh, yep, the black cloud stayed. 
I don't think any of us really uh, really thought that Adelaide were going to beat West Coast. It was clear on Thursday night at selection when um, Talia and Walker missed. So I went into the weekend thinking if we lose to Collingwood, it's done and dusted. Forget about it. There's no uh, Adelaide aren't going to save us. So um, that sort of made uh, Saturday's performance all the more inexcusable, I think. And the double and then triple disappointment, or the double disappointment on the Sunday was that um, the Essendon Frio game was close enough such that had we maintained our five-goal lead the week before against the Lions, um, instead of letting them get back in it, we would have finished above Essendon on percentage anyway. So um, it wasn't just the disappointment of the Collingwood game, it was the held-over disappointment from the Lions game the week before as well, which, uh, which made it just as bad. And I think in the end the percentage difference that we missed out equates to about 10 points. Yeah. So well, we... that, should, that should be the mantra for the next decade, shouldn't it? You know, among players on the field and from leadership, um, leadership players to the others, uh, 10 points, boys, 10 points, boys. And that way they know never to take the foot off the pedal, whether it's round 21 or round 23. Well, we said that a number of times uh, about about the Brisbane game that we, uh, you know, we took the uh, we took the foot off the 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 accelerator and we just, you know, it, it's it's ended up costing us a position in the finals. So, yeah, we had that. I knew as soon as uh, Adelaide um, uh, held back um, Tex and Talia. I knew, you know, we we can't rely on another team to get us through this. We have to do it ourselves. And there were even when we lost, there were a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know what? Well, you know, we don't deserve to be in, and maybe we didn't deserve to be in." Um, but I did. I didn't have the attitude. A lot of people were sort of saying, "Well, I hope West Coast win just to teach them a lesson." Well. You know what? I still wanted Adelaide to win. I still wanted to make the finals. I'm not one to say, well, I don't want to get in, um, you know, by going through the back door, so to speak. Um, but I still would have been happy to get in that way. But, um, yeah, having said that, uh, yeah, we didn't deserve it and we didn't, uh, you know, we shouldn't have to rely on other teams. We should get the job done. And, and I think going forward next year, there, there's. There's two big things with what we have to do next year, and we'll probably talk about it more later, but it's, it's, you know, we've got to start crushing teams when we do get, get ahead, and um, the other things are these disappointing losses when we should win, and uh, you can probably mark down Saturday as, as one of those games we should have won. I th- yeah. I, I, wait, hold on, uh, Graveviney. Uh, I think we've lost uh, Nasha. I'm going to see if I... Nasha, are you there? Oh, Nasha, have I got you back? Yeah, you do. Yeah. This thing uh, really enjoys hanging up on me. I don't know. <laughs> I d- did that last week too. Yeah, it I seems to be. I don't know yeah, what happened just, there. You're just like the players, Nasha. You go missing at crucial times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> could you hear what we were saying or you couldn't hear what we were saying then? I sure could not. Okay. I have no idea what you've been talking about. All right. I was just saying that uh, going forward next year, I, I, you know, what ended up costing us was this, um, uh, you know, Brisbane game effectively as well. Um, you know, so we've got to start, um, 
you know, burying teams when we're, we're in that position. I think we can't go to sleep for quarters at a time. Um, that's one of the big things that have got, have got to improve, as well as beating teams we're expected to win. The two North Melbourne games, the Hawthorne game, the Frio game. All those would have, any one of those games, or even a few extra goals in any other game, would have, uh, you know, got us through. That's, that's um, issue, almost exactly. Uh, sorry. No, you go. I was just going to say, I think the biggest issue from the weekend was not an expectation that that we'd already made it or that it was going to be easy, but more so we've spoken all year about how how many games we were down and able to come back in, and we won a majority of those games. A few times we fell short, but um, Adelaide, St Kilda, um, the first time around, Carlton, Gold Coast, um, so many, and Collingwood the first time around too, uh, where we were down by four or five goals and were able to come back um, relatively easily, and I think the boys went into Saturday's game thinking, well, it doesn't really matter what happens. All we need to do is click into gear at a certain point during the game and we'll be able to get on top of them. And uh, hence, there was no great panic when uh, Collingwood scored, you know, the first, uh, what did they score, six goals in the first quarter. Yeah. And they left it too late. I mean, we didn't start playing until midway through the third mm. or late in the third. It's almost it's almost cold comfort to know that they can come back if they're, you know, from, from almost any position. I mean, they've demonstrated that this year. Um, not getting into that position in the first place would be a yes. good, uh, good thing to aspire to next. I, I guess um, just going back to your point, Andy, I think it really just shows that... Um, Every goal matters. Like sometimes you think, you know, you know, so and so missed that goal, and it didn't really matter because it didn't affect the result. You know, we still won the game by thirteen points or whatever. Um, this is just this, particularly this year. Um, all those, you know, all those one goal we missed, or you know, that North game that we nearly won that we dropped, and all that. Just everything, everything mattered in the end. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the Brisbane game. That 32 points up, I knew it. We talked about it last week. We needed to bank percentage, and it came down to that, the banking percentage. Yeah, we can go on about the North Melbourne games, Frio, whatever. That one game would have got us in, and we were in the position to do it, and for whatever reason, we didn't go on with it. Yep. Um, Yep. Yep, it's a harsh lesson, harsh, harsh way to learn that lesson, but uh, hopefully we have. It is, and and you know what? I I hope the players, I hope it's drilled into them. Um, you know, it's I don't want to be harsh about it, but I, I hope the players are as shattered as, you know, I am. I, I don't like to bag players, but I really hope that they are as shattered as I have been. I felt the last two days, and we can say it's only a game, but, you know, I live and breathe this stuff. Um, obviously, my family comes first, but uh, the Melbourne Football Club is is my family too. And um, I hope that, that the players are shattered all, you know, off-season long. I hope they hate watching the finals this year as much as I'm hating listening, looking at anything finals-related. It's killing me, and I'm sure it's killing you guys as well. It's funny, Jordan Lewis was on uh, AFL 360 last night and was talking about and said that he'd spoken to the players and they're shattered. And I thought it was funny, given all the grief that Paul Ruse used to cop for not buying in 
and he had uh, Lewis saying they're shattered rather than we're shattered. Um, but of course, if you've won four premierships, um, missing uh, missing out on a final series probably isn't shattering. Um, well, he's probably at this gonna, stage of uh, probably of the be, journey for gonna, Lewis. He's probably going to enjoy having a, a September off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's once. right. Uh, but no, I, I'm I hope that they are they're shattered. I I hope they feel like I felt. Uh, someone said in a thread that they were glad that the players had to watch the final quarter of the. Um, the Adelaide game and feel just as helpless as us supporters feel and not have being able to have any um, impact on what happens, the results or anything like that. And maybe just feel a little bit like the supporters feel um, for a little bit. Uh, I hope they feel that and get a bit of fire in their belly for next year um, because, and we'll, we'll remember that feeling every time they put the boots on, every time they put the jumper on. Um, and I hope they feel a little bit like I feel because I'm, I'm never going to leave the club. I'm not, you know, one that's going to, you know, burn my membership in the microwave. I'm here for forever. So I hope they feel a bit of what I felt. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I, I'm not normally one. I've got to say, I, for me, it's a little bit of a stretch too far to hope that they hurt um but that's just that's just my personal view on the world um i do certainly agree that i hope that this motivates them because um you know it, it has to doesn't it there's it, it's just proven that you got to be better um well it's a waste other, if, if it's a waste otherwise isn't it that's right exactly yeah yeah got to be able to got to be able to take a lesson out of it exactly so is is all right. I'll ask the question again. We've asked it a number of times this year. Um, was season two thousand and seven a failure in your eyes? And I know we improved. We did. We won. A, we won more games. We started to show improvements. We, we were very competitive in the, in most of the games. But on the whole, uh, is not making the finals a failure? Is that a big enough barometer to say that the the season's a failure? Great, Viney. I'll throw to you first. No, season's a success in my eyes. You know, if you switch the order of the games around and put a Collingwood loss a month back and have us, say, beating Gold Coast by 40-odd points in the last round but missing out on percentage, then uh, it'll be sort of a different equation to how we're feeling at the moment. So I've always said that uh, it wasn't measured on finals. Um, and I think there's no doubt that we've improved this year. So well, that's a very um, and, and a substantial enough improvement on the year before to make it a success for me. Well, I didn't. Look, I must be a glass glasses half empty kind of person, and you must be a glasses half full because uh, when you put it that way, uh, yeah, I like that way of thinking. I might have to. Uh, um, I might need some more therapy to <laughs> help me start. Uh, <laughs> Seeing, seeing the world I mean, through your eyes. Don't get me wrong; I'm shattered, and my main feeling, and I haven't felt this in 40 years of, or 38 years of following footy, I felt like the players broke the trust of the supporters; that they broke faith with us. And I'm not one that thinks that there's any particular bond between players and supporters or any kind of connection, but I just felt like for the first time ever that we were owed better than that. Um, it's not something I usually feel. So, um, yeah, a real sort of breakdown for me. 
uh, uh, we'll go back to that point in a second about the disconnect between the players and the club because there was yep. a threat about that. But I'll ask uh, Nasha, uh, was the season a failure in your eyes? Look, I, I, I almost have nothing to add to what Grape said. I, I agree entirely. Um, and, I, and I said last week, um, we touched on this point last week when you asked the question, if we lose, will, will it, you know, and we miss the finals, will it make the season a failure? Yeah. Uh, and I touched on the point that, you know, we lost the game. In the end, us making the finals or not came down to the result of the West Coast and Adelaide game. Um, so it makes it... And the other thing is, you get really... We get... At, like footy, footy supporters do this all the time. You see this around all the time. We get hung up on the last thing that happened. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate that we have to go into this, into this summer now with that darn game as our lasting memory because that was just the, the whole thing was a train wreck but um i don't i i'm trying to be careful not to let it taint my view of the whole season uh but that being said it is still a little bit too raw for me to be able to say it's okay i i forgive you the season was good um because i'm still a little bit upset about that is the best example of what you're saying is Tom McDonald, who had a great year, and yet his last three kicks for the season were, um, you know, were were from absolute nightmare territory. So, um, yeah, you're right that uh, that the final impression is sort of the one that that will stay with us, unfortunately, over the summer. So that um, that bitter taste is going to be around for a while yet. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, so there was a, a thread on Demonland just about the disconnect between um, supporter, uh, you know, players, perhaps coaching staff, and uh, and the supporters. And there was one post on there that I might read a bit of it because I I sort of agree wholeheartedly with it. And we talked about um, we, we brushed up. You know how Goodwin is one um, that doesn't like to talk about the past, in particularly the records we had against North Melbourne and not having made the finals. Um, and I can see what they're saying, what his you know, point of view is, but I still think it is quite important, um, you know, from a, the supporter's perspective, because, you know, for us, it, it is very important that we've been treated like uh, a rag doll by one club in particular for so long, and there were a couple of other clubs that we've uh, finally got over those hurdles with. Um, but this is a, a post by Demoland Post, uh, uh, what's his name, Praha? Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Um, he says, uh, this is, I think, uh, part of why ignoring the past records entirely can be dangerous. Ignoring the fact that the club hasn't beaten North for a decade is fine for the players, but the club and the fans have to put up with being bullied by North. Saying the record doesn't matter is a little insulting to fans who have had to put up with it. It's the same with finals. Why wouldn't you use not playing finals for a decade as motivation? I think Goodwin has learned some hard lessons this year, and a lot of it has to do with the understanding with understanding what the club has gone through and why fans react the way they do. When you say losing streaks or whatever are irrelevant, what you're saying is that the playing group is separate from what the club more broadly stands for. 
the playing group, regardless of whether they've been there for one year or two years, has to take on the baggage of 17 straight losses to North or 11 years without finals or 50-plus years without a flag. If breaking those droughts aren't used as extra incentive, it's no wonder the team has put up with performance it did on Saturday. We went from one extreme with Neild and Schwab uh, and obsessing over the pass to Ruse and Goodwin trying not not just uh, to not just forget but completely ignore the bad. The team will never move forward until it acknowledges the fact that it's been embarrassing for a decade. I found Goodwin's messaging about the North drought to be a massive disconnect between coach and support base, and I have to assume it's the same between playing group and fans. If I found out that the club's final drought wasn't mentioned in the lead-up, it would make me feel like my, my weight and pain has been pointless. Simply saying we need to win to make finals isn't enough. Are you going to take it on and guide this team to its first finals in a decade? Um, then he goes on. This is undoubtedly a disconnect between uh, club and fan in this regard. Goodwin and Co. need to take on these droughts by the balls and acknowledge and understand why they hurt the supporter base so much. Don't tell me the record against North is irrelevant. Uh, it is effing relevant uh, because it's a goddamn competition and an opponent has bullied the club and its fans for a decade. Effing own up to it. Uh, to me, that is the biggest gauge of measuring any potential disconnect. Um, I know, Grey Viney, I know you said uh, when uh, we were talking about this a while back about the North Melbourne loss, I think you agreed with Goodwin that we should, you know, forget about it. But I don't know. I don't think agree. I think we need to um, acknowledge that part of it. Yeah, but what's uh, what's to be... I don't know why you'd want to burden uh, Clayton Oliver and Christian Petrarca with the baggage of 17 years of um, failure or whatever it is, 17 games of failure or 50 years of failure. Um, and uh, I think Praha's missing the point. Um, it's not about fans... Um, and us being bullied or the club being bullied, it's only about what happens on the field. So um, the focus has to be just on winning today. And I don't think that it's the coach's job or the player's job to, um, you know, to carry the club's history with them every time they step out onto the field. I don't think um, they need to get tattoos of it, uh, you know, let's never forget, uh, but... I, I don't think it should be completely ignored. I don't know. Maybe because it's just because I'm so burdened uh, by it uh, that, <laughs> that I'm projecting that onto the players. Maybe but I'm that's the supporters' lot. Wrong. I mean, that's that's sport. Um, that's the point of it. You don't want the players being burdened with that kind of stuff. That's the stuff. That's uh, that's our lot in life. But I want. The, but uh, maybe it goes back to I want them to be hurting about this. Should they not be hurting about not making the final? Should they go on and go on their overseas trips? I'm not saying they can't have an off season and enjoy themselves in the off season. But I want them in the back of their mind that it's bothering them. I don't want them to go into next season and it's all well. I agree, with, I agree with you totally. But you want them to go into next season wanting to win the premiership, yep. not wanting to break. A drought oh, with North Melbourne. Well, that's part of the same thing, you know. No, they're not the same thing. And I think, you know, everyone keeps talking about the North drought and 
Um, well, it's not just the North drought. It's it's the finals drought and it's the premiership drought. It's all, it's, you know, it's gain, gaining respect. And we're the la- laughing stock of the AFL at the moment. I, you know, there's been so many memes on, online about this. We, we are the laughing stock at the moment. Um, yeah, I want to gain some respect. You can't expect Clayton Oliver to feel the burden of missing out on 10 years of finals when he hasn't. Um, you, I'm only expecting Clayton to feel the burden of missing out this year. It's unreasonable and um, unwarranted to expect him and others to... They haven't been playing for 50 years, you know. They're not responsible for 1965 no, 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 not suggesting they're responsible, but um, I don't know. Well, it, but it's just, you know, if you try to force them to carry that burden, then it's going to be a false carrying because... He wouldn't feel it. He's only been at the club for two years. So I think it's just asking for too much and um, supporters projecting their feelings onto the players. Um, Jordan Lewis made a comment comment on 360 um, along these lines uh, months and months ago. You know, the the question was, you know, do the – how long – how long do – do the players feel, you know, feel the pain of, of a loss for um, before they move on? And his answer is, you have to move on as quickly as you can, because otherwise it affects your next performance. Now, um, I would hate for, like you said, Grape, um, a player like Clayton Oliver to be going into a North Melbourne game, going, "Gee, like we haven't beaten North Melbourne for two decades or however long it's been. It feels like it's been that long, but." Um, you know, gee, I, I better put extra pressure on myself to perform this week because the fans hurt because we haven't beat North Melbourne. Like, I, I think, I think um, performance of um, elite athletes is so delicate, and we've seen that with our own performance. Like, it doesn't take much for us to to capitulate, um, and it's not just us, by the way. It's just that we suffered the worst consequence of it. Um, you know, the performance is so delicate that you don't want players to have to carry a burden that that puts that at risk. Yep. Good point. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kapuchas, I hope I've said your name right, in the chat room has said, Goodwin's challenge is for them to bring intensity of effort. Uh, if it's not to be the club's, uh, if it's not to be the club's historical baggage, fine. But he needs to be able to get their nostrils flared. When it's important, um, yep. and yeah, perhaps uh, that's the right way to go. But uh, yeah, maybe it's just I'm feeling so down at the moment that maybe I'm just taking it out on the players a bit too much. And uh, yep, and we don't Look, know we're, what we're, said in the. We're room. all hurting. And we don't and know you're what amongst friends. We don't here. know what happened. So yeah, well, that's right. I'm not in the rooms before uh, no. the game. So uh, yep. Um, and, and the thing is, the other thing is, um, like I said before, I'm pretty sure they don't do it on purpose. Like nobody, no player ever goes out there going, ah, oh, we'll just take it easy against Collingwood. We'll make the finals. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I don't take it personally because I don't think it is. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Yeah, look, I, I don't think they would do that. There was a report, um, and I don't know how true this is, um, there was a sledging 
incident in the St Kilda game, an alleged uh, incident, um, and this was from the Herald Sun, so take that with any amount of grains of salt that you can find. Uh, Demon's ultimate sledging backfire. A few big mouths at Melbourne have been forced to eat some serious humble pie. After missing the finals in disastrous fashion at the weekend, it has emerged that the Demon players were very confident they would be taking part in September. In the third quarter of their clash with St Kilda earlier this month, some sledges were directed at the Saints along the lines of, what are you blokes doing in September? Uh, fast forward a couple of weeks and both the St Kilda and Melbourne players are doing the same thing <laughs> in September. Nothing. Um, if true, uh, what do you think? Is it just part and parcel of, of the game, a bit of, uh, a bit of sledging? Or uh, were the players a bit full of themselves and uh, you know, maybe they thought that they'd turn up and make September, particularly at that, that time, that juncture? Um, look, it's it's a storm in a teacup for me. Uh, who cares? I, that, that's my. I don't. <laughs> I don't care anyway. Um, what what I think is when like the whole point of a sledge is to psych the other team out, not to pump yourself up. Yeah. So so the basis of that sledge would be it's not so much ha ha we're making finals. It's ha ha you're not making you're not finals. Making, yeah. Um, it's you know it's focus on the opposition. I don't I don't think it's a sign that they got ahead of themselves, but. Uh, who knows? Yep. Okay. More. Uh, I'll take this uh, opportunity to mention what I've neglected to mention is our phone number. If you want to join in on this uh, uh, this uh, session of, uh, <laughs> of uh, trying to get some therapy and uh, cure your own uh, mind, zero three nine zero one six three triple six. That's zero three nine zero one six three triple six. Or Skype us, Demonland. Uh, 31, where uh, we'd love to hear from Demon Landers. A few of you did say you would uh, try to call in. So, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, perhaps you can um, you can uh, heal heal your soul <laughs> because uh, our soul um, is We've got an update from the board, and congratulations are due to Michael Hibbard. Yes. Who has been uh, selected in the All-Australian team. Oh well, that uh, that I knew was going to happen. I, you know, I, I couldn't see him missing out. And congratulations, Michael Hibbert. What a um, what a fantastic asset he's been to the club. It looks like Nev has missed, unfortunately. I would have thought that too, um, as my prediction a few weeks ago. And you wouldn't think Jeffy Garland's no, going to make it, no, so no. Hibbert will be it. Now we can quickly talk since we're talking about. Um, uh, All Australian. There was one player who did not make uh, that forty-man squad, and were you surprised that Clayton Oliver uh, was a um, omission, a glaring omission uh, in that uh, squad? Great finding. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, his numbers stack up against all the others. Um, you know, uh, seen comparisons. Uh, um, Comparisons with Bontempelli, um, with Trelaw, with Ross, Scully, um, and better than all of them. Um, I think what kept him down was uh, um, not scoring many goals, um, not as much uh, um, metres gained as perhaps um, uh, some of the others. But um, when it comes to clearances, contested possessions, total possessions, tackles... Uh, disposal efficiency, um, he's right up there with the best of them. So a, a definite omission for mine. 
Is there a chance that he was left out because he's unpopular in the AFL world at the moment? I was going to bring, um, bring that up. I, I, I love a good conspiracy theory, and uh, yeah, I'm all for that. Because <laughs> I think it, I think it taints people's view of him as a player. I, I, yeah, I, th- I reckon that's been a factor, to be honest. Uh, I'm not normally one for conspiracy theories, I might add, but that one I'm, I'm, I'll give a little bit of time for. Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, issue at the Carlton game and, um, well, not, no doubt, but that's my opinion that that Carlton game, that incident and the uh, perhaps the, uh, in inverted commas, the diving uh, incident might have been frowned upon by the selectors and maybe that... I- I, I prefer to it. I prefer to refer to it as him being punched in the face. Yes, myself. <laughs> yes. He, <laughs> well, he fell down. Uh, how it happened, we, we'll never yep. know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. But uh, congratulations, Michael Hibbard. Uh, what a. I mean, what a pickup uh, he's been. And um, I, I did a. Um, I did a little poll on on Facebook this week about the best first year at the Demons players and the the four players that I chose, uh, Michael Hibbard, uh, Jordan Lewis, Jake Melksham. Well, that's a technicality, but it is his first playing year at the Ds. And uh, Mitch Hannon. And uh, guys, can you guess uh, who won that that one? Uh, I'm guessing uh, Hibbard. Hibbard yes. would have smashed it in, surely. <laughs> so we had uh, 445 uh, votes, 312 were for Hibbard, 101 were for Jordan Lewis, uh, 16 were for Melksham and 15 were for Hannon. So um, it's quite uh, conclusive uh, that um, Michael Hibbard was our best uh, best first year at the Demons player. Gee, I would have thought um, Melksham had a much better season than Lewis. Well, I have a theory on why Lewis might have got more more votes, and uh, uh, you're not so familiar with Facebook, um, Great Viney, but uh, Dasha, you might be. You know how we have reactions. Um, you've got the thumbs up. You've got oh, the, yeah, you've yep, got the heart. Yep. You've got the um, shocked face and the laughing face. So I did a little graphic with the four players in four quarters, and uh, you know the thumbs up in with um, with Lewis, the heart for. Um, Hibbard and so on and so forth and well the default is usually the um, the thumbs, <laughs> the up, thumbs and the, up and Lewis was the <laughs> thumbs up so some people are just lazy and might have just clicked like uh, just to like the, the, the concept or whatever and maybe that's why Lewis got a few extra uh, votes <laughs> over um, you know there was one sort of extra step you have to do uh, and people are inherently lazy so <laughs> perhaps that um, that was uh, a reasoning behind that. Um, yeah, so, um, all right. So we talked about uh, the, the sledging, uh, just going over my notes here. Uh, d- d- did you boys happen to see, and you would have, I'm sure, uh, Nathan Jones's media conference? Um, anything stand out for you there, or it's pretty stock standard? Didn't watch. Didn't watch. Couldn't, couldn't watch, or? or um, oh, not interested. Not, yeah. And look, you know, you're damned if you're doing, damned if you don't. There's been equal criticism for having the press conference and just as much criticism for the club not saying enough. So um, the fact is words can't satisfy any of us. Some want to hear them, some don't. It doesn't really matter, does it, in well, the end? Then some people were saying, well, why wasn't Jack Viney there? And, uh, you know, why wasn't the coach there? And 
I don't know, you know. <laughs> the, the club can't do anything right uh, in some supporters' eyes. The, the, as you said, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, yeah, uh, my my my, uh, my whole coping mechanism has been to just put my head in the sand and just pretend the whole world disappeared. To be honest, I haven't. I, I saw snippets of the of the Jones press conference, but um, to be perfectly honest, I find him boring to listen to at the best of times. <laughs> um, I don't. No, nah, I don't. Like like you said, Grab, I don't care. Um, not not worried about what anyone has to say, but um, but it is funny your point on damned if, on being damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, it was pretty funny on one of the threads during the week. Uh, sorry, after the um, after the match, like I so on Saturday evening before Sunday it happened. Um, people were complaining about there was uh, there was um, there was some report going around that they were that they were you know pretty happy in the rooms and weren't too worried about it and uh and then it turned out after a bit of toing and froing and everybody you know expressing their outrage that the boys weren't outraged uh turned out that that actually wasn't true at all and then people started talking about how hollow and upset you know that it was hollow that they were upset about it (laughs) well like do you want them to be upset or not it's, yeah. it's it's i think sometimes um sometimes we just want to be angry no matter what happened yeah well yeah. i must say when i heard those reports that they they weren't upset i was very upset at that but i will say yeah. that when i heard that they were upset i i i was then happy that they were upset <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so um it is what it is uh we we're going to talk about uh, next um, the BNF. Uh, I think, well, in my mind, there's a only it's a two horse race, uh, but I think that one of the horses is a lot stronger. Um, I think Clayton Oliver is going to win by a length, and not for, you know. Then coming up behind him will be Michael Hibbard, uh, and then Daylight in between them, and the next person. Uh, your thoughts, Nasha? Uh, yeah, agree. It's pretty hard to see uh, who else could win it other than than uh, than Oliver. He really sort of didn't really have any any quiet period through the year. Um, Hibbard, I, I think for a start, he missed the beginning of the season. Yeah, three games. Um, and he, um, I felt his influence uh, fell away a bit towards the end of the season. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think his probably last five games um, hit the same standard as his first five games. So, yeah, I, I think Oliver by yeah, you know, length of the straight. I think Hibbert had uh, some good moments in some of those games, but then he he had some terrible moments as well. I, I think some of his disposal on the weekend was some of the worst I've seen from him. Um, so yeah, but uh, on the whole, fantastic year. Yeah, yeah, and deserves that uh, all Australian nod. Um, Will Nev finish third? Well, let me go to uh, our unscientific Demonland uh, Player of the Year. I, I, I don't know; it, it, he might because it, oh, look, it depends how the coaches uh, award thing award the um, the votes that they give, um, and he always sort of does his job. Um, so if they're giving votes based on uh, jobs that players get, because he might not get as many possessions. Uh, but he certainly does, you know, all those uh, things that need to be done. Uh, he came one, two, three, four, five, fifth in our uh, 
Demon Land Player of the Year. So it was uh, Oliver Hibbard, Jones, McDonald, and Jetta. I, I think that. I mean, I know there hasn't always been a good correlation between um, Demon Land Player no. of the Year and the actual BNF, but <laughs> I, no, I think. Nor that, should there. <laughs> no, no, that, well, I mean, we're, we're looking. I guess we're all biased as, as supporters, but um, I think that's actually not a good sign for, for Jetta polling high in the actual BNF <laughs> because. Um, Demon Landers love him. We, we yeah. who who doesn't love Neville Jetta? Like he he appears in votes all the time. I, so you know, I think the fact that uh, I, I think he's likely to poll lower in the real thing than he does on on Demon Land. But yeah. um, well, I guess we'll see. I could be totally full of it, but that's just where I uh, how I see it. I think um, yeah, I think supporters supporters love him more than the club does sometimes. Yeah, they oh, they, they definitely do. I, I reckon I could put a picture of Neville Jetta now on Facebook and have like four hundred likes by the end of the day, end of tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just um, yeah, he's he's a special guy, good player. One of the thing, I mean, the thing is that he always um, he he's always at a hundred percent. Very, very consistent player, and that's probably why the fans love him so much. That's why I love him. And probably the fact that he doesn't get a lot of uh, you know, recognition, and we've spoken about this on the Demon Land podcast before, that he doesn't get... Well, he gets... Whenever they talk about him, they always talk about you know how he's so underrated, <laughs> but they keep mentioning his name, but keep saying that he's underrated. And <laughs> it's time that they stop saying he's underrated and start talking about him, because they do talk about him a lot these days. So, yeah... Give him, give him a nod for an All Australian, please. We can only, we can only judge from the outside, but um, you know, someone like Sati could probably fill us in a bit better. But it seems from the outside that he just looks like he's a really, he's really professional in his preparation, um, and the way he sort of looks after himself and prepares for the game. Um, Nev, he just looks like he, the type of guy that would tick every box and then plus some. Um, just to make sure that he's in absolutely tip-top condition come game day. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that's part of the equation. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so BNF, any... um, Well, there probably won't be any surprises there. Um, You know, what what other awards do they have on the night? They've got stuff like... um, There's no way we'll be able to work out best team man because it's... uh, Probably Neville Jetter. <laughs> Neville Jetter always gets some award there. Um, best first-year player. Um, does that include... Is the best first-year player just first-year at the club player or is that first-year as in first-year of footy player? Uh, I think it... I, I'm not actually... I'm, I'm not sure, but it would be pretty cheeky if that counted. Like, if, if Michael Hibbard won that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I, so, if not, not Hibbard, who, who gets that? That one. Best, best actual first year, Hannon, uh, yeah. Mitch Hannon for me. Yeah. Hannon, yep. Well, there's no, I was looking, we, we didn't have any rising stars this year. Uh, we had no one retiring. Well, we, you know, there might still be like a Garland might retire, but none of the sort of main group of, um, you know, the, the, the first 22, there's no retirees from there. Um, we're sort of in that, uh, you know. That period we didn't. We only had. Did we? Who who was a debutante this year? We had Maynard, like being a you know first year out of uh, first Smith. year. 
Smith, yes, he was. Uh, yeah, two um, two Smiths. Two oh yes, yeah, Smiths. Yeah, well, yep. Is the other Smith? He's a mature age as well, isn't he? Was the, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, now I think that might be about it. Yeah. So other than yeah. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, the two the two Smiths, Maynard and Hannon, were the only yeah. contenders for that. Yeah, both Smiths um, unfortunately yeah, spent most of the year on the sidelines. So. Um, yep, Maynard played the Mitch, one game. Yes, it has to be Mitch Hannon. Hannon's, really, Mitch Hannon's got his hands all over that. Well, who are you looking forward to uh, of the injured players? Uh, are any of them likely to be um, you know best twenty two next year, or you know sort of best? 26 players like is Vandenberg can we do you, do you think there's yes. there's there's room for him in the team and to add value I was always a big fan of his he always crops up for goals um I am um, yeah I'm I'm looking forward to refreshing my memory with him to be honest <laughs> yeah. he's sort of um you forget after a while but I I know he um yeah he, he he's a big lad um yeah I'm I can't wait to see what he what he can deliver um who else did we – there weren't too many others that spent the whole season out injured other than uh, Cole Garland. Yeah, um, well, I don't think Cole Garland, Garland will be – will get back into the, the team. I don't know. I, I yeah, got look, the feeling last year that he was on the outs even before the injury. Um, yeah, I think anything that you get out of Cole from now forward is a bonus. I've pretty much written him off, and that comes from a from a point of view of a, I'm personally a fan. I, I, I like him, and I've – Really felt like he was one player who, um, look, he sort of stuck by us when all his mates were leaving um, and, you know, sort of seemed to take the hard times pretty hard. So it would be good to see him uh, come up and get going again. But, yeah, I don't, don't think he will. I think he'll, uh, he may retire at the end of this year or he may uh, see out the last year of his contract, but it's hard to see him getting back in the side, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it'll be good to see this uh, Tim Smith, you know, I was impressed with a little bit I saw of him. He's a big boy, so, yeah, it'll be good to see if he can crack it into the team. Um, you know, so. Declan Kilt is the other one that finished the year on a good note. Uh, didn't crack it for a senior game, obviously, but well, he um, seemed to be getting close. Um, given the raps that he was getting um, from both uh, Justin Plapp and Simon Goodwin, so um, good he, luck to Deck for next year. Yeah, well, he was prom- was he the one promoted to the senior list? Um, I think they were sort of had a deadline that if they were going to play him, and if we did need to play him because of injuries or something, yep. they needed to promote him to the senior list. Um, so yeah, um, let's hope uh, he gets his chance next year. Um, now, do you want to go through, we, we had in the notes, uh, player review and ratings. Are we going to go through, um, through the list? Uh, is that something you'd like to do? Uh, we can perhaps say a little bit about them. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to, happy to go with the flow. All right. Yeah, let's, let's give them a quick, uh, score out of 10 and, uh, and a comment or two. All right, so uh, are we going? What's the best way to do? We probably should have discussed. Should we just go by number? Because that's what yeah, I've got. That's just, what I've got. Uh, let's just count up from uh, from well, the unluckiest player on the list. Yes, uh, probably doesn't get a score, but gets an asterisk <laughs> uh, asterisk next to his name. 
Um, poor Jesse finished uh, finished with a bloody hammy the other day. Uh, just to add to all the other challenges he's faced this year. Do we so, do we know how bad that hammy was? Would he be? Would he have played this week, or was it a real hammy? Uh, we don't well, know. he came out. He, he was running around after half time. He came back out and yep. looked like he was going to play again, but then went went to the bench. So uh, perhaps it was just a bit of a tweak rather than a than a full ten. Yeah, or... I, I got the impression they were just being conservative, but I guess who who knows? We we'll never know now, will we? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, have you ever seen a player have to come back from so many things in one season? I I can't think of a, of a situation anything like what he's been through this year so um yeah he sort of had to keep coming back from the dead numerous times um showed i think showed showed great resilience he looked a million bucks in that game against brisbane um honestly i think it's that was as as good a season as you could have under the circumstances yeah agreed um i'm just trying to find um while we're talking about jesse hogan um the the D Army, which is our um, uh, which is our cheer squad, uh, posted uh, a thing on Facebook. The Demon Army, they're called. Let me just uh, bring it up. I, and if they if they've if they've deleted it, I might not uh, talk about it. Um, it was an incident. Yes, they no, they haven't deleted. So the Carlton Cheer Squad. Um, posted on, I'm not sure if you're aware of this because I didn't see it on Demonland. I was going to post it, um, but then I've, I just forgot and I just remembered it now when we're talking about uh, 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 Jesse. Uh, the Carlton Cheer Squad uh, posted something on Twitter, I believe, and then later deleted it. Um, and this is the uh, this is the, the Carlton Cheer Squad. I think it's their official uh, Twitter page. Uh, Dear at Melbourne Football Club. Uh, that's karma for Hogan's cheap shot on Rowe and Lewis's cheap shot on Crips. Suck shit. Love from all Carlton fans. And with a animated uh, gif of uh, Mr Bean giving the bird. Um, and I just thought that was uh, disgusting. You know, very low cheap shot uh, by an opposition cheer squad who who effectively is, a, a, you know, you know a, a representative of, uh, of a club. Well, they had to apologise and they deleted it. Yeah. And they put out an apology tweet, uh, which got its, got quite a bit of mockery because it was signed off by the Char- Carlton Cheer Squad Leadership Group. And I think people were laughing at the fact that even cheer squads have got leadership <laughs> groups now. So. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't laugh too hard. We, we, didn't we have uh, – we had someone from our cheer squad leadership group on this very podcast. So, uh, yeah, I think they do. Uh, they, you know, the cheer squads, they do a good job and, you know, we thank uh, – Well, they do. They've got a lot of people to organise. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we'd never knock our own cheer squad. Yes, but, uh, yes, the, the Carlton cheer squad, we can mock all, all day and night. But well, they drive around in that bloody twisted piece of <laughs> hovercraft metal that burns up the MCG. So we hate them with a passion. Yeah. Well, I just thought that was a disgusting thing um, to say. So, yeah, <laughs> that's mm. that. So, uh, yeah, Jesse, um, yeah, Asterix, that's that's all, you, you know, what can you give? We saw some glimpses of brilliance from him and, uh, you know, guy went through a tough, tough year. So hopefully he can, um, you know, Put, you know, some of it's very hard to put behind him, but at least the injuries, hopefully, he can uh, overcome them and, um, yeah, be raring and 
firing to go like he was at the beginning of this year. All reports at the beginning of the year was that he'd had a, a fantastic preseason. So 2018, bring it on. Um, Nathan Jones, number two. Um, look, look, he had a good season. Um, I guess I come back to my point of the last thing you remember being what sticks in your mind. You know, the last thing you saw being what sticks in your mind, that is. Um, that he was pretty disappointing on the weekend, um, I thought. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, he's, he's consistent. He seems to consistently deliver at a high standard. Um, and I think his BNF result will reflect. Gravani, anything to add? Uh, no, I agree. I think he's had a pretty good year um, and played at a pretty high level for most of it. Um, so I agree that he'll finish, uh, you know, top five in the BNF probably, and that's where you expect your captain to be. And missed a number of games as well for uh, for injury. So, um, First time in a while. Yeah. Uh, Christian Salem. Um, I'll just add, I was, I was shocked that, uh, you know, I thought, he, he, you know, he got, he got dropped, obviously, and uh, that sort of shocked me. I would have thought a guy like Christian Salem would be the last person that would get dropped from the team. In my mind, uh, he, he'd be one of the first ones picked every week. But, uh, yeah, he had a bit of a form slump and found himself in the twos and, you know, looking for better from him next year. Um, your thoughts, guys? Yeah, much better in the first half of the year than the second. Um, Still haven't really seen the best of him yet, I don't think. Um, I think um, one of the things that we've got to remember is that he is one of a lot of players who are still very young. Um, Now, I know that's, that's, you know, people people see that youth as an excuse and so forth and fine. But um, I was having a look through the players who played in our last game and I counted something like eight players who had who were in the thirty to fifty game range. Now that is a that's still a significant portion of the team, uh, and you still can't really expect players in that range to have developed full consistency yet. Uh, and Salem's in that basket. You know, players like him through the Hawthorne dynasty. You know, of the last. You know, over the last five years or whatever, would have been in and out of the side all the time. Um, so I don't think we should be too concerned that he fell away a bit at the end of the year. Um, but, yeah, I do agree he does need to, to um, go up a level next year. But, um, yeah, I it's think funny, form slumped to be expected. It feels like he's been around for probably longer than he has. Um mm. And part of that is because he's, uh, you know, he's battled injury. So we haven't seen, um, we just haven't seen a lot of him um, in the time that he's been there. So you're right in in terms of that. Yep. yep. He's, well, he's, he's 22 years of age. Yep. But it does feel like he's been around forever, doesn't it? Yep. Does anyone want to tackle the next one, number four, Jack Watts? Well, Jack doesn't want to tackle. <laughs> ah, boom, boom. <laughs> Um, sorry about that. Jack was okay on the weekend, I thought. Um, definitely far from the worst. Um, not a great game, but a uh, bit like Salem had a really good, uh, well, probably better than Salem, had a, a pretty good start to the year and uh, middle part of the year where he peaked um, for a few games. But then uh, we all know that he got injured and 
um, and the issues after that. So um, he wasn't the same. To... Wasn't the same player when he came back from injury. There, there was something whether he was still injured, whether he was brought back too quickly. I don't know what it was, but there was something different about him. Um, Look, he, he he attacked the ball in the air in that last game, which I think is um, one of the main things that we want to see from him. Uh, but yeah, it's isn't it frustrating that we're still having this conversation? Yeah, yeah. I thought after last year's season, I thought that was uh, being put to bed. I thought this is a new Jack Watson. This is uh, finally the Jack Watson I've been telling all my mates is the Jack Watson that I knew would arrive. <laughs> and unfortunately, after the injury, sort of was back to the old ways. And um, yeah, let's you know, touch wood, come back uh, next year with a bit of fire in his belly. Yeah. Uh, Christian Petraka, um, you know, shows glimpses of greatness. I just uh, would love to see more of it. Um, you know, I, you can see what he does when he's got the ball sometimes. is just incredible. I'd love to see more of it for four quarters and, um, yeah. Again, um, he goes into that uh, experience yeah. and youth category that Nash was talking about before, but I reckon he had a great season. Mm. Um, he finished... Uh, he finished with 26 goals, six. Uh, so he was a really yep. consistent goal kicker, an accurate goal kicker. Um, and what impressed me most was um, we all appreciate the great work that he does on the outside and the finishing, but um, was going home and watching the replays and seeing the work that he did on the inside. And I thought he was really good with that, particularly on the weekend. Um, he was looked like he was busting a gut to burst out of packs and try and create something. So, um, yeah, I reckon he had a, had a super year and uh, can't wait to see more of him next year fitter um, and with another pre-season into him. Um, his, contestant, his contested possession to uncontested possession ratio, sorry, I'm getting a little bit stats nerdy here, <laughs> but he uh, left everybody else on the side for dead including Clayton Oliver. So he had 236 contested possessions to the year to versus 188. Um, wow. Yeah. That's the, sort of, that's the sort of figures that you see from the likes of, you know, Paddy Dangerfield and those really elite players. Well, um, are you fam- – I- go ahead. Oh, I, I'm just – I was just going to give him a pat on the back for that, really. Look, he's, he's, um, he's one player that you just – know he's going to make something happen when he's near the ball. Hurt factor is through the roof. Uh, are you familiar with the AFL, because you said you're a stats nerd, the, stats nerd, uh, the official uh, AFL player ratings, they, they do sort of a each week um, the, the team of the year based on the, the stats. And um, I saw the one today, the as at round 23, the team of the year, and Christian Petraka's on the uh, half-forward line. Uh, mm-hmm. The only Melbourne player represented, I think. So uh, uh, do you know anything more about that and how that's... Um, how I haven't looked too closely into it, to be honest, yeah. no. But, yeah. Um, Maybe yeah, it's done I, by I've... position or something like that, and they, in, in that position he's the... Um, the leader in you know, whatever stats <laughs> that they uh, yeah 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 I don't know I yeah, don't know sorry he's in good company the team's an amazing team uh, yeah. uh, so yeah only Melbourne player to to make uh, that uh, that team so yep ne- needs to be able to spend more time in the middle but you know well I'm quite prepared to be patient for that yep. you know he's been building 
building a tank and so forth, and he's already spending more time in the middle sort of now than he was this time last year. So, yeah, very, very bullish. Excellent year, and I'm, I'm very pleased that we've got him. Um, kind of, he's kind of what I hoped Cole Sylvia would be yep. back in the day. Yep. Um, he, he looks like he looks like he is the player I thought Cole Sylvia would be. Yep, I wholeheartedly agree. So um, we'll move on. Uh, number six, uh, Jordan uh, Lewis. Um, yeah, I, I was happy enough with his season. Um, I, I do get concerned that he gets a bit more credit than deserved. Um, you know, people talk about on-field leadership and stuff, and I'm just not sure how you can judge that from uh, unless you're standing there on the field next to him. But, uh, no, look, clearly a player who's at the back end of his career, um, you know, and he's, and he's slowing down. Uh, that being said, he was always, he was never, you know, lightning fast to begin with. But uh, if we can get another year out of him next year, like this year, I think it'll be a, a win for us. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. You can't quantify the uh, that experience that he brings, and hopefully, he is um, imparting some of his wisdom uh, to the players around him. You know, providing that leadership. But unless you're on the field, you can't really, uh, you know, you can't really tell how much of an effect that has. But um, you know, hopefully, it is uh, having an effect. It, it, look, we need a couple of experienced heads around the club, there's no doubt about that, and uh, hopefully um, it's, it's working. Yeah, um, 55 made a point, um, I think, in the Jordan Lewis thread, or it might have been elsewhere on the board today, um, that the situation on the weekend against Collingwood was exactly the, ty- the time that we needed someone like Lewis uh, to, for his experience, up, yeah. to stand up and count and influence others and... Uh, Unfortunately, on the weekend, it didn't work, did it? Yep. Yeah. Just to, uh, at risk of um, repeating my own post, <laughs> I, I, I replied to that particular <laughs> post. Um, and, I, and the question is, how much do you expect one person yeah, I agree. To, yeah. to, to influence uh, you know, an outcome like that when the whole team capitulated? Yep. I agree. Yep. But, you know, yep. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, and... All right, we'll move on. Next guy, uh, certainly missed him on the weekend. Uh, I don't know. I'd love a team of 22 Jack Vineys. You know, gives it his all. Um, Yeah, but I don't know what more you can say, you know, if if he could bottle Uh, it. We miss him when he's not playing. Yes. That's my comment. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, You know, I don't think he's the best player in the league. But you, I would love to have 22 of him. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. But uh, Would we have won on the weekend uh, if Vani had been playing? Not necessarily, but um, <laughs> I would have liked to have him last week, the, the, week, bef- the week before. Mm. The other question is, did he come back too early from the first foot injury? It depends um, if they're thus, related or thus not. creating the second one. Which, again, we don't know, of no, course. No, so. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. Um, but if we didn't bring him back, would we have won, you know, the way he came back for the Port game, I think. Would we have won that? I don't know. He was quite good in the middle. Who knows? All these questions yep. cannot Had be. Had a bit of an injury-riddled year, Jack. Yeah. He started 
slowly. Um, yeah, he did start slow. Thanks to injury, and he yeah. finished slowly thanks to injury too. But uh, was certainly very good in the middle. And you look at um, like the West Coast game in particular, and, yeah. uh, the and reason for his, missed, his captaincy was clear. Missed a lot of game time in that game as well, yet still had you know close to forty possessions. Um, yeah, can't say much more about him than that yep. because he's he's a champ. Um, the next guy, not sure whether we'll be talking about him next year, uh, Jack Trengove. Um, what's the status on um, uh, his contract with the club? Does he have another Don't contract? know about his contract status, but he's done. Yeah. I think he had those it- games and, yeah. Uh, I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit disappointed you glossed over Heretia Lumumba there, Andy. But no, we'll, uh, all right. But, <laughs> he's not still on our list, is he? <laughs> uh, he is, isn't he? Oh, anyway, I don't know. He's, but um, Trengove, I, I think with that, uh, with Trengove, we were all waiting for the fairy tale ending, uh, and it didn't come. It's a shame. Yeah. No, I, look, I wanted when we when he came back in the team, we were, you know, we said on this podcast, you know. We wanted him to succeed, and I don't think there is a Melbourne supporter out there that didn't want to see him succeed. And but although having said that, I, I you know I wasn't surprised when that, it didn't come to fruition. I think the games passed him by, unfortunately. But you know, very unlucky. But yeah. we'll always uh, um, we'll always be appreciated by the Melbourne faithful yeah. um, for the service he gave during a very difficult time. So. Um, uh, can leave with his head held high, I think, I would have thought. Yeah, And, and it's good that he got to experience that appreciation uh, when he did play because the members certainly uh, let him know um, the esteem that he was held in. So it's good that, it, in a way, he did get a bit of a send-off. If anyone else wants to join the conversation, you can uh, perhaps join us in this um Impromptu player rating um, 0390163666 0390163666 or Demonland31. Uh, moving on to Angus Brayshaw, number 10. Who wants to tackle that one? Um, look, he uh, was, was struggled early, I thought. Look, mm-hmm. Looked really out of sorts in the, in the opening couple of rounds. Um, obviously missed most of the season from then on. Yeah. Uh, his, his couple, two of his, he played three games at the end. Uh, his first two were really good. Yep. Um, reminded us of, of um, why he was so highly rated, I guess. And it was really good to see him able to deliver that. Um, I thought he was another one, you know, he had plenty of friends, but he was poor in the last game. Yeah. Um, didn't, couldn't seem to pick up the ball. Like he just, you know, I saw him fumble it a number of times, which is, um, which was which was pretty awful to see. Um, you know, he's probably nervous and and all that sort of, you know, pressure of knowing what's on the line and stuff. But um, it's another one of those last things we saw is what we remember um, cases. So you know, and but I, I'm I'm happy with the with how 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 he finished his season, notwithstanding that last poor game. You mentioned uh, fumbled a few times, and then you said uh, you know failed to perform, sort of on the you know maybe a bit nervous. And as a this is a point that I wanted to sort of bring up. Um, you know, this was we were on the big stage. We had two times this year where we were sort of on the big stage, 
you know, with all eyes sort of upon us. Uh, one of them was the Friday night game against Sydney. You know, we, we don't get many Friday night games, and that's obviously when you've got a lot of eyes on the team. And then the, this game, you know, being a you know, win and make the finals. Um, and we sort of failed to perform, you know, in both games. Um, I don't know, is, is that something to, to worry about? You know, when we got sort of, not that we had expectation in the Sydney game, uh, but it, it was a pretty important game being on the big stage. That was this, um, Yeah, but that was the culmination of all the six-day breaks yeah. um, and was in the middle of the injury uh, curse. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I'd write that Sydney game off altogether for those reasons. Yeah, I was uh, more so. I was just saying we sort of we had two games on the big stage in front of the whole AF wider AFL community, and uh, we fluffed both of them. Um, we'll move on. <laughs> that was just something I wanted to to bring up. Uh, well, arguably, yeah. we have three, don't we? Queen's birthday. Oh is yes, also, yep. yep. Um, the big stage in front of everyone. We got that one right. That's so. true. We did get that one right. That was a, a good one to get right. Um, oh, just speaking of uh, Queen's birthday, you see Collingwood uh, have requested to play us in round one um, this year. They want to make that a big game as well. Beats, yeah, um, I... beats, beats the Bears on a Sunday afternoon, yeah. which is what we usually get for an opening fixture, isn't it? Yeah. So I'd be more than happy to to have that in Queen's birthday. Yeah. Let them have the home game in round one. So, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy uh, with that with that too if we can have a big game it's all what you know you sort of look there every year Hawthorne Geelong sort of have their thing Carlton Richmond be good to have sort of a big game uh, to open the the round you know it's good good to like you said rather than play the you know the Bears or whatever they're called these days uh, on a Sunday with 10,000 people there it'd be good to get a bumper crowd at, at an opening match so, um, yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, number 11, uh, Maxi Gorn. Uh, could almost put an asterisk on that name. Uh, but then I guess we've also got to talk about his form once he came back from injury. Um, who wants to tackle Big Maxi? Um, well, I thought he was woeful after he came back from injury. He played, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, don't really know what else to add to that. Um, he looked like he'd suddenly... Um, forgotten how to bark the ball. Like when he's playing, he's playing his best. He takes grabs. Um, yes. Sort of went back to his old, you know, the pre that Geelong game where he broke out a couple of years ago. Sort of pre pre that, he'd get into the right spot and look like he might mark it, and then then not mark it. Um, yeah, look, he, it was a really disappointing back half of the season, and I hope he has a better one next year. Uh, do you think? Yep. Uh, do you, obviously, do you think the being out of the game for so long, you know, had an effect? Uh, I guess it has to, you'd say. But look, uh, look I think I think you give him. You got to give him some some credit. And he did say um, when he returned that he was struggling. He actually said in one of the comments that he struggled with the physicality a bit because he he'd sort of gotten unused to being used as a battering ram. Yeah. Um, but uh, you got to you know. He played a lot of games in the in that back half of the season. Uh, he, he had long enough to get going, I yeah. thought, yeah. and didn't. Yeah, I agree. Yes, uh, I think uh, George on the outer. Uh, I mean, no one, no one really played well this this the last game, uh, but sort of compared his marking stats this week to his opponents, and even Mason Cox uh, sort of outmarked him 
uh, in amount amount of grabs taken. So, yep, let's hope for a good preseason and a better year next year for Maxi. Yep, yep. You know, um, next one, Dom Tyson. Oh, who wants, who to, wants take to touch? Who wants to touch this controversial <laughs> Look, player? I, I, th- I, th- I thought his kicking, particularly in this game, was absolutely woeful, and it's sort of been a bit of a staple of his game. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's either he doesn't get a kick off quick enough and gets caught, or he kicks it and he butchers it. I, I you know, I. Was have been really disappointed with uh, with Dom and you know yeah just you look at what we gave up to bring him to the club and I know we also got Salem out of it and all that but uh, it really doesn't do that uh, Kelly Tyson Salem uh, uh, you know whatever you want to call it any any justice when you uh, see some of those disposals on the weekend I think um one I think. I don't recall where it came from, whether it was Jason Taylor or it was Ruse or someone said that we wouldn't have taken Kelly anyway. So that's really? probably a, it's a, it's a null sort of null argument that one. I don't know who we would have well, taken that's instead. Well, that's, that's, that's the but, next question. Who would we have taken? But, um, but you know, it's all, it's yeah. all, well, it's all coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's a moot point. <laughs> yep. Um, Tyson, we talked, I talked before about hurt factor with Petrarca. Um, and you know his Petrarca's hurt factor is through the roof. Um, Dom's is low. He you know gets a lot of the ball. Um, doesn't doesn't kill kill the opposition with it enough. Doesn't kick enough goals. Um, need more out of him. Yeah, I think that with Dom it boils down. You know, there's a he's got his own thread. Um, uh, Dom Tyson, yes or no, and you know opinions sort of divided there. But I did whether you're on one side of the fence or another, if you look back at the year that he had in 2014, he hasn't gone anywhere near towards reproducing the kind of footy that he played that year. Um, so, um, yeah, he's and he's, he's quite a fair way off it. Now, part of that's uh, been due to injury, but he's also had more than enough time on the park and we just don't see his 2014 form often enough. Um, it's actually quite rare to to be truthful about it. Yeah, I was going to so mention. I don't know what the future holds for him. I was going to mention 2014 when you were talking about uh, not uh, kicking enough goals because he he did in that in that year. I think uh, you know he often hit the scoreboard. Um, but yep, and Clint Biscuit in the um, in the chat room has uh, said that Billings uh, Ruse had said that it would have been Billings. So. There you go. Yeah, sixteen goals he kicked in two thousand and fourteen, hmm. and then in uh, the following year six, the following year eleven, and only five this year. Yeah. So, you, um, sixteen is you know the midfielder well, that's well short yeah. of the mark. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, well, there's not much more you can say about that. <laughs> I think that speaks for itself. Uh, probably don't even need to talk about this guy because we talk about him every single week. Clayton Oliver. Can I just read some of his uh, raw numbers, which oh. came from the AFL site? I thought you were um, going to read him a poem or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still writing that. Um, he led Sonnet. the league in handballs. He was second for contested possessions, fifth in total disposals, eighth in average disposals, 
10th in clearances and 11th in tackles. He finished with a disposal efficiency of 77.1%, which ranked him second among the top 10 ball winners and fourth in the top 20. So, um, And not an Australian player with yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going I mean, those on. Those numbers are just yeah. through the roof, aren't they? They're yeah. Just uh, they're just superb, no matter which way you look at them. Second year in the game, uh, yeah. and you know, just turned twenty. So, mm. yep, yeah, no star in the making. Love yeah. him. Yep, yep. Also love the next guy. We probably don't need to talk about him either. Michael Hibbert. Um, you know. Don't need to talk about him. All Australian. Um, That's all you need to know. Uh, Number 15. uh, Probably need to talk about this guy, Billy Stretch. Um, Disappointing year, you would say. You know, didn't sort of take his opportunities when he got them. I'm a a fan of him when when he's playing well, but uh, he didn't take his opportunities. So um, Casey is for him at the moment and, you know, He'll work his way back if he doesn't get uh, used as trade bait in some uh, uh, Jake Lever um, uh, thing. But I think he's—I don't think contracts matter anyway uh, these days. But um, yeah, and I doubt very much whether Billy Stretch is going to land us uh, uh, Jake Lever. No, no not only not, not no matter who own, else we stack in with that, you it, can throw in a hundred nibblers and ten Matt Joneses. Well, it looks like. From more reports, we're going to have a good stab at uh, Lever and yep. uh, we're going to probably have to throw in some players as well as a high uh, draft pick, most likely our first. So, um, And I must say, Adelaide will play hard ball. They're not going to just give anyone away. You can see what they did with the Gibbs thing last year as well. Um, you know, they're going to play hard ball, so... Might have to throw in a few kitchen sinks. And the bloke next to Billy Stretch that uh, showed the next locker along, number 16, yeah, well, didn't have a particularly good year either. What do we say there, Rabin? Kent, Kent is a, he's, a, he's really at a crossroads, I think. Hmm. Um, he got, like, notwithstanding getting injured, he'd been passed by Harms, Neil Bullen, yep. Hannon, Melksham. Yep, all um, I reckon he's, yeah. He, He's got a he's got a lift. He's got to he's got to improve. He's got to stop having those games where he touches the ball five times. Um, if he hadn't have been that the week when he got injured, if he hadn't have been injured, he would have been dropped that week because he'd been hopeless right up until his injury. Um, if he wants to have an AFL career, I think he needs to. Uh, yeah, wasn't one of the issues it, as well it, that he wasn't um, no forward pressure, no tackling, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so that was yeah. a big issue. Yeah. Yep, and when you look at the names I said, Harms, Neil yep. Woolen, Hannon, Melksham, that's something that they all do. Yep, yep, I, I, I agree. So, um, yep, he might be uh, out out the door because you, you think they're going to have to, I mean, we probably won't talk to listings now, um, but they're going to probably have to delist some players, wouldn't you think? There's usually a bit of a turnover. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think uh, his name is uh, – he'll get another crack or he could be gone? Um, not sure if he's contracted. And that does – that they very rarely deal with players who are, who are contracted unless, you know, they've played up or it looks like they've, you know, got no hope of returning from injury or whatever. Um, 
yeah, I have a feeling he might he might uh, have a contract to his name, so he could be safe. But um, he's he's definitely expendable. Like if there was uh, offers on the table, I think the club would be remiss not to look at them. All right. So moving on, the next player, I, I'm pretty sure doesn't have a contract uh, at the moment, um, or won't at the end of the year. Sam Frost. Um, is that true? Did I thought I heard somewhere that uh, put yep. contracts on hold or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, uh, look, I don't know what happened with Sam Frost. I was happy with with his, with his him for most of the year. Um, seems that he fell out of favour. Um, and looks like he might be used in some uh, trade uh, bait at the end of the year. To me, he has the attributes to be a really good player. Um, you know, he's tall, he's strong, he's quick, fast. Quick, yep. Um, really fast, but oh, I don't know, he just doesn't, to me, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to bring it all together often enough. Um, he sort of, and he goes a bit on those mad, uh, mad headless chook dashes up the ground that result in kicking it to nobody. A little bit like, a uh, little bit like Jaden Hunt, who we'll get to, I guess. Yep. But, um, I'm uh, just uh, I'm not in love with Frost as a player. I've got to say, and uh, if uh, if if he's required to be spent in order to get lever, I would not say no. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If it's a well, it's not going to be a straight swap, but uh, if he's yeah, as you said, if he's required to uh, be a blood sacrifice, then uh, you know, game on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Jake Melksham. Um, you know, there would have been a number of people who uh, weren't enamoured with him um, early on in the year. I, not one of them. I sort of liked him for some reason, and um, I'm wrapped with the way he ended up the year. I think uh, turned into one of our, our uh, better uh, forward players, and definitely a guy who can kick a clutch goal. Improved um, it a number of times. Well, he finished with 21 goals, six. So not only uh, did he kick him, but he was he was pretty accurate along the way too. So uh, definitely, um, and there isn't this award at the BNF, but if there was a most improved, uh, he'd win it for sure because his second half of the year was uh, was excellent. And I think it'll probably see him finish in the top 10 in the BNF, um, I would have thought, will make a, a late flurry. Um, yep, really pleasing, really pleasing back half of the year. Yeah, he uh, he did a ride in the uh, the Demonland uh, Player of the Year. So uh, yeah, good luck for him. Um, Mitch Hannon um, definitely had a very exciting uh, start to the year, um, but you know, sort of is a bit of a bit player. Uh, I think someone on the board sort of said he's got to do more than you know five minutes of, uh, of footy, you know. Um, how many goals did he kick? Do you have uh, stats on him? Uh, let's find out. What did you think, Nasha? Um, good ad- addition to the team, but, uh, uh, you know, I think... No, I finished with 22 goals, 10. Yep. So yeah, I was, I was busy looking up the, the goals as well. It's a bit of, <laughs> bit of redundancy going on there. Um, look, look, look... Um, it's year one, so yeah. that's it was a it was a great start. I think, um, I think that 
the comment that he needs to be involved for longer periods of the game is also spot on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's quick, he tackles, he can take a mark. He, he sort of is a really good mark for his size. Yeah. Um, yeah. And good, Troy, good first year, good, good solid first year, I would say. Troy Chaplin on on this podcast, uh, Troy Chaplin, assistant coach of the D's, did say that he's um, coming off a, um, a preseason shoulder. Well, he had uh, surgery, I think, uh, at the end of last year, and uh, they said sort of as sort of he gets a bit more confidence, he he'll you'll see he'll start taking a lot more of those big grabs, and um, yeah, can take a good grab. And quick to get boot the ball too. Yes. Some of those goals were, uh, if you blinked, you missed them. Yeah. Uh, number twenty, Colin Garland, probably may have seen the end. You know that knee injury probably spelt the end of his career. But uh, if he does play on, yeah, I, you know, all the best. I wish him the best of luck. But I don't know if he's in the equation, uh, the coaching equation. But we'll see. Yep. Yep. Cam Peterson. <laughs> they should get like the uh, if there was a fans award or like a heroes award at the BNF, it'd go to Peterson, wouldn't it? He yeah. sort of uh, he was our knight in uh, shining armor this year. Yeah. Um, and good good luck to him. Uh, and it's just it's a bit telling, I think, that probably the first act that we remember that he ever committed at the club um, early on was ducking his head in a contest and one of the final acts that he committed for the year, um, I think it was last week against Brisbane, was backing back into that contest in the back line where he got absolutely yep. crunched. So his transition from when he got to the club to where he is now has just been enormous and uh, his effort was rewarded with a great year. He um, Did he... He he did get dropped though. It yeah. is worth mentioning, yeah. um, and he seems I he doesn't seem to have anything in between brilliant or yeah. awful. Like yeah. he, he had a couple after Hogan returned, um, and and like once Hogan and Max and so forth are in the side, and he was no longer required as the first ruck or the first forward. Um, he had a period where he did nothing. He added nothing at all to the side, um, yeah. so. Look, I, 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 I mean, I've I've made no secret that over the over the last year that I'm not as not as bullish on him as many others are. Um, but he did have a fantastic year. Um, he stood up a number of times when we really needed him to, and he's been rewarded with another year on the list. Um, but I don't think we should get too carried away. I think he's still um, he's still to me spare parts. I know that's probably harsh, uh, probably harsh, but that's where I see him. Yeah, I thought he struggled a little bit when he didn't have a role to play, yeah. as you mentioned, yeah. when uh, sort of Hogan and, and uh, Maxi came back in the team. Um, and I thought whenever Jesse was in there, he really didn't play well, except for there was one game where I think where they were both in the team and he did, and it might have been the Brisbane game. The Brisbane game, round yeah, round... Purple patch in round twenty one, twenty two. So yep. the Saints game yep. Yep. and the Brisbane game, he was outstanding. Yep. I give him full credit for that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Vandenberg, nothing much to say. He was in, injured for the entire year. So um, uh, I heard him speak at a, at a at a 
function before a game, and he's raring to go. Um, you know, he just wants to get back on the training field once he can. And yep, let's hope he. Uh, Fingers crossed. Yep, because if he has another, he's a very injury prone player, and I would say if he has another injury prone year, um, that's probably the end of uh, his career. So good luck to him for next year. Uh, number twenty-three, Bernie Vince. Um, I thought he had a coming. poor year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did I. <laughs> His disposal um, at times is is awful for a guy who's got a lot of skill. That uh, <laughs> I think has a yeah. lot of skill. Um, yeah. Good. Good chance he'll get a tap on the shoulder this year. Yeah. You think um, if he does get another year, it'll be half spent at Casey. I expect. Um, and he, he made a comment that he would be happy, you know, if he got if the club were to offer him another contract, he'd be quite happy to um, play at Casey yep. if, if needed and stuff, which I think is admirable. Um, yep. But, you know, I, 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 it's touch and go, and I think if we are short on uh, players to move on because you've got to, got to keep your list churning, yep. uh, he could be in trouble. Mm. Yep. Um I don't know. I still think I would like to see him a little bit in the forward line. I don't think many people ever agree with me when I say that, and maybe he's not quick enough uh, for it uh, on the half forward flank, but I, I think he can offer more kicking for goal than he does kicking out a goal. Um, Even his goal kicking deserted him a yeah, bit well, this year. Yeah, well, that probably might have cost us as well. And so. I don't think he can bring enough pressure and... Uh, yeah, and pace in the forward line to be able to play the defensive side of that role. So yeah, I sort of right. partly agree with what you're saying, but mm. there are issues with it too. Yep. And yep. I think we'll be in a good spot if he is struggling to make the 22 next year. Yes. Um, that, that'll, be, that'll be a good sign. Uh, next player as well might be at a crossroads in his career. Had a few chances. Jay Kennedy Harris at number 24. Um and didn't, I don't think, took those chances when he got them. Played one or two good, maybe yep. one good game and one okay game yep. in the middle. But maybe that's more the role for him rather than uh, the half forward or small forward role yep. that he's played before. But, uh, yeah, it didn't, um, didn't set the world alight, no. To me, something seemed to, to change mid-year. He... Um, like it was almost like a, a flick of the light switch. He started getting, you know, forty plus in the VFL every week. Yes. Um, really, like, really seemed to turn it on at that level. Um, I don't know whether he was told to, you know, shape up or because, you know, it was a out of contract year. So he may have been told that if he didn't get on with it, he was going to be gone. Which uh, I know our footy department have been known to tell people that before. Um, yep. Yeah. So. If he can turn that 40-plus in the VFL to 25, you know, decent kicks in the AFL, um, there's a spot in the midfield for him. But really needs to be able to start translating that VFL form into AFL form now. That's the challenge. Um, We saw Neil Bullen do it, you know, between last year in the VFL to this year in the AFL. So uh, not a lost cause yet for mine. There must be such a big gap between uh, VFL to AFL because, um, you know, 40 possessions, um, then translating into just a couple handful of touches some weeks. Uh, yeah. 
It's uh, yeah, all the best for him next year. Uh, now this player, probably you know, we said it before. Plugger, <laughs> Tom McDonald, forward back, forward back, back forward. Uh, where where do you play him? And uh, uh, I guess he's going to get criticism no matter where he plays. Um, I, I like him when he doesn't have some brain fades. Um, I think he's good defensively, as in, you know, one-on-one defensively. He can take a great mark. He's uh, kicking out of defence. I often have my, you know, mouth, you know, hard in my mouth when he kicks. Uh, but did prove me that prove to me that he can play forward and, um, you know, he's a dead-eyed straight kick for goal. Um, 23 goals, 70 yeah, finished with, so, yeah, um, yeah good, re- good return. For considering that he played half the season forward, that's a, that's an excellent return. Yep. Um, yep. Has a future as a forward if if we need him as a forward. I, I just play him where you need to. Um, gee, has his moments. He was terrible in that last game, and that yep. just breaks my heart because I, um, you know, I, I like I'm a bit of an underdog, a bit of, of a fan of the underdog, and he gets bagged a bit on the site, and I try to stick up for him, but uh, it's pretty hard when he. Turns in performances like that every now and again, isn't I, it? I feel sorry for him because he, he did have a great year, and yet, virtually his last kick of the season um, uh, was just, you know, an absolute train wreck. But um, I can't remember which game it was, but he was on, he was on on the couch uh, one night um, a couple of years back. It was, I think, it might have been. Uh, it was after a big game and we'd lost, and he was absolutely filthy. It might have been against Collingwood. And I think the game where Cloak um, probably kicked his last bag against us. And so it was a Monday and he had to go on telly a few hours later and he was just filthy um, with himself and so dirty on TV. And they were the, um, the boys on the couch were actually laughing at him that he couldn't sort of break out of it and give a proper interview. So he'd be absolutely kicking himself after the weekend and those mistakes which came at the end. So... Um, yeah, feel a bit feel a bit sorry for Tom that it uh, finished that way after such a great season. Yep, agree. Look, there's so many people that that uh, that dislike that don't want him in the team. I, I I don't get it. They do we do they have a replacement that they'd like to see replace him at the moment? Because it seems that him and his brother cop it, and people want them out. But you take them out of the team, we've got no defence. <laughs> Well, he's just so sad. versatile. We found this year that you know not only can he go forward, but he can go in the ruck and on the ball as well. So, <laughs> why you'd want to get rid of him now? No, I, um, I don't get it. Uh, is beyond me. It's uh, it's irrational. I think it's just it's just emotion speaking. Yep. Yep. Sam Wiedemann. Oh, Sam Wiedemann. <laughs> he's obviously he's not ready yet. Um, I, I I think that he will, he'll get there, but uh, yeah, clearly. The games he's played, he seemed a bit uh, out of his depth. So, um, your thoughts? I, I'm uh, bullish. I'm I'm still I'm still confident yeah. he'll be a player. Yeah, yeah, I, I um, think so too. Just yep. I don't think he's ready yet. But yep, no, no, that's right. I mean, he's still built like a well, like a weed, really. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, really skinny. Like I gets lots of time, in my opinion. Yep. Yep, I, I'm actually. I I was happy early on. I would have been happy if they just kept on playing him a little bit, but they obviously <laughs> didn't want to do that. Um, 
Nothing it was good to see him more good to see him tear post. a couple of games apart in the VFL. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that game where he kicked was it six goals, five goals or six goals. Um, and, you know, as a marking forward, I think that was, that's, you know, really seemed to give him confidence. Nothing irritates me more than people writing him off as Lucas Cook number two no, he's on Demonland. So um, if you're one of those people and you're listening... Pull yourself into line. <laughs> if you are one of those people, uh, why don't you uh, give us a call? 03 We had a few people who said they would like to call in. So, uh, yeah, give us a call or Demonland31 on Skype. Uh, Liam Hewlett, number 27. I, you know, we don't know much, much about him. Haven't seen uh, much... Probably, um, no, from I, what I read, didn't progress as much this year as uh, perhaps people might have thought. I think they he spent a bit of time in defence, so picking up uh, extra skills down back to add to what he knows from being up forward. But, uh, um, yeah, certainly not, um, uh, you know, certainly not knocking on the door at this stage. Spent a bit of time in the Casey Development League, I believe, as well. I'm not a, oh, okay. I'm not a Casey watcher. I lived way too far away for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can only go by what what people say, and it sounds like he didn't didn't kick on. Um, expect it'll be one of the easier decisions the footy department have to make this year, to be honest. Yep. Well, given where Casey is located, you're actually closer to Casey than you are to the MCG. <laughs> so, <laughs> excellent, uh, excellent. Uh, so, uh, Oscar McDonald. Uh, I'm a fan. Yeah. I don't know why he gets bagged like he does. I, look, I think he, he there was a big improvement this year on last year, but that's 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 expected. I think sometimes he struggles one-on-one uh, with a bigger body at the moment and hopefully as he builds up and sort of gets more of that Tom physique, uh, yeah, he'll start matching up with some of the bigger bodies. So I think he gets sort of uh, as, thrown around. As far as key defenders go, he is an infant still. Yeah. Um, and look, he's, he's he started to mark this year. He's, I saw a lot more of him marking the ball, particularly in the – in the later half of the year when he was sort of settled in there. Um, doesn't, does brother does. Um, I like him. I think he had a good year and very pleased with his progress. I think with him, I hope, I hope Steve, the man Jordan is listening <laughs> to this cast. <laughs> um, and I completely agree with Nasha. I reckon he had a, a good year of development. He's improved. Uh, significantly or enough on where he was last year and uh, um, will just get better as he grows in his body and uh, gets more experience under his belt, but well on track for me. Yeah, like it or not, the coaching staff have obviously earmarked him as being uh, being one of the team and that it was quite evident, uh, I think, late last year and this year that that was the way they were going to go over even you know Colin Garland and... and when Lyndon Dunn was in the team as well. So, um, yeah, like it or not, he's he's there to stay. And, um, you know, he did definitely did improve. And, um, you know, as as he sort of develops, um, you know, let's uh, hope the, that upward trajectory. 29, uh, Jaden Hunt, you know, fan favourite, obviously. But, uh, you know, there's some, obviously, some frustrating things that he sometimes does, um, 
but it's so exciting when he has that burst of speed off the halfback. I just like him to lower his eyes. And uh, and I think he did a couple of times where he did, may have done a short pass and sort of hit someone. But, uh, yeah, oftentimes the kicks went a bit wayward. Is he yeah, – this is probably finished. something more for the people who spend more, spend more time watching at the ground because on TV all you see is him running through the, through the ground and then suddenly the other team has the ball. Um, <laughs> is – is he too? Is he go? Is his play too fast for our forwards? Um, what's I, I? I don't understand why what happens happens. I don't think it's. A, I don't think he has poor skills. No. Um, so I'm not. I, but yeah, if we can find out what the magic recipe is for making him kick the ball to Melbourne players, I sometimes think he's running too fast. <laughs> that he just takes his burst of speed and. Because he's going too fast, it, it sometimes causes him to um, to do that, to kick like that. Because I think when you're going full pelt, it's very hard to um, sort of steady and uh, kick it where you want it to go. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's also a structural issue because it's not just Jaden, but there are plenty of times where we're moving the ball forward with pace and there's just nothing. Yep. Um, in the forward 50, yep. and that's happened to him quite a bit, and he ends up spraying his kicks. Now, part of it is a little bit of poor disposal and not lowering their eyes, but part of it is um, the way we're set up further afield. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, given Jesse was out most of the year and Jack was out for bits and pieces, we had this sort of makeshift forward line. Um, if we can spend a bit more time playing together, then... Hopefully, part of that gets eradicated and we set up properly. You do, um, you do see good teams have that issue sometimes as well, but they're able to hold the ball up. So, for yep. whatever you know, they'll drag a, you know, draw a, a pop towards, you know, wait for as long as they can to handball off to someone else who's running past yep. or whatever. Um, yeah, he doesn't seem to have that that element in his game. At the moment, he just seems to only know how to run. Um, perhaps it'll come with maturity. Uh, moving on, uh, Alex Neil Bullen definitely had a, a much improved year and uh, was uh, rewarded with an, a contract extension for for two for two years. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he had a pretty good year. Yeah, I think he had a good year too. Um, another another butcher though, isn't yeah. he? Really. Um, yep. Yeah, needs to iron that aspect out of his game. But really, it was really good to see him step up. Um, you know, was involved for most of the year. Um, didn't have too many, too many really quiet games. Um, tackles and does all the all the pressure stuff. I like that that aspect. Um, you know, knows how to knows how to find the goals. But yeah, that that kicking needs a bit of work. Yeah, I don't know whether I don't know how much better he'll get. Um, as you say, his defensive stuff is very good and he's very good at finding space in the forward line. Um, but his finishing needs a lot of work and uh, I just he lacks composure, I think. Um, and I, I don't know how he goes in those, in those high-pressure um, situations for mine. You ready for the next one, Thomas Bug? Um I, I like him. I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like his uh, some of uh, you know the the, 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 you know, the way it ended um, this year. 
uh, particularly uh, the cheap shot. But <laughs> yeah, it, I, I liked it, his... to me. It wasn't. It wasn't just the cheap shot for me. It was the the whole package of that game. He, you know, he, he did what he did, um, and not only did he do what he do did what he did, uh, but not only did he do what he did. I'll try and speak English, um, <laughs> but he dropped his bundle for the for the rest yeah. of the game. He, you know, he he went completely into his shell. Um, it's like I. I've never seen such a clear case of a player being psyched out in a game of football, um, and to me that makes it that makes it that makes him hard to pick in the future. That was one game, one brain fade. Uh, looking past that game, if you can, um, I, I like some of the things he did. Uh, he had that one game where, he, or what, a couple that sort of sequence of games where he, I think he kicked seven points in a row for us, but. He was still getting the ball. He was taking marks, having shots of goal. Uh, you know, that's that's a good thing. That, I mean, he played well in that win against Adelaide over there. Um, he had a, sort of a good patch in the middle of the year. And yeah, sort of but the combination of Neil Bullen, Harms and Hannon have all moved ahead of him yep. in that uh, in that, that sort of half-forward role. And Milksham's now in there too, so... Yep. Um, Bugs right at the back of the queue for mine. Uh, a depth player, you would say, still. Um, you know, if we have a couple of injuries and he keeps that form up, uh, it's you know handy play to have. We can kick goals if he kicks straight. <laughs> but meaning he get, he's getting the ball. Like <laughs> so. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, Jake Spencer. Where where to now for Jake Spencer? Um, I thought it was quite telling when. Um, you know, was Max still out? He was available to play, but couldn't get the game on uh, uh, above. You know, our makeshift ruckman. Um, he's got to move on now, doesn't he? I, I've, 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 you know, I've supported his retention yep. all the way up until now. But like the writings on the wall, when they were picking Pedersen ahead of him, yep. he must have been going. What Why the, am I still what, at this yeah. club? Like what? it's that. Yeah. Yeah. What the F do I have yeah. to do? We'll find a home elsewhere and uh, we yep. wish him luck. Well, can we... Correct, aff- yep. Uh, what do we do? Can we afford to... Um, I mean, we've got Maxi. Who have we got in the... Um, which one of the the boys is the Ruckman in the in the twos? We, I think we've got... Mitch. Uh, we've got Mitch, Mitch King. And uh, is that uh, Lachlan Filipovi? I think he's a... Uh, the flip. Yeah, is he a uh, rookie-listed player or...? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. yep. Um, so I, I think um, so. Yeah, moving Spencer on, you would be light next year, and we would have to find, or well, we would probably have to find, see what what experienced rucks are out there. Um, probably should have been done last year, to be honest. Mm. But um, but I think the likes of King um, would benefit from Spencer moving on, probably because it would mean more time <coughs> as the first ruck at Casey. Yep. yep exactly. The problem you've got, you've the perennial problem with rucks is. You've only got room for, a, you know, three first rucks in your whole list, and that's if you've got someone as the first ruck in the development league, which is, you know, a, a long, long, long way off AFL standard. So yes. it's really hard for your rucks to get practice, uh, particularly if you've got a, um, you know, an almost AFL grade ruckman in your side, as your, you know, your spare like Spencer. So I think, um, yeah. It's time to time to move him on and see what else we can develop. Yep. So um, then, uh, well, that that 
that covers um, Mitch King, which is the next one. So, yeah, he'll if um, Spencer moves on, that'll benefit Mitch King. So looking forward to seeing more of uh, him because uh, if if he can play, then, uh, yeah, bring him. Bring it on. Uh, number 35, Ben Kennedy. Uh, you'd have to say it's uh, almost the end, end of the road for, for him. I, I, I liked him when he was in the team, but obviously he's not in the future. Zero games in the AFL. I think that tells the story. Yep. 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 Don't need to talk more about that. Uh, number 36, Jeffy Garlett. Probably his uh, best year at the club, if not his best uh, in, in his entire career. Um Last, you know, couple of weeks probably let him down a little bit, and probably a reason he's not in the All Australian team. But was, uh, you know, three quarters of the way through the year, I reckon he was um, probably not a shoe in for for All Australian, but uh, definitely uh, one of the best small forwards in the league. It's funny because something funny happened at the halfway mark. Um, I, I made a post in mid May. Well, Destroy All created a thread in mid mid May saying Jeff Garlett, give him some love. And at that point of the season, which is only about six or seven weeks in, he had 20 goals, six, um, and he finished with 42 goals, 28. So mm. he's then kicked, uh, he's kicked 22, 22 wow. um, from from about round seven or eight on. So he's going from sort of, you know, close to 80% accuracy to 50. So a huge drop off in his accuracy mm. um, and particularly set shots. So that was disappointing, but... Um, I reckon he had a really good year and uh, we know that there were some extenuating circumstances at the end for him. He had a family yeah. Um, yeah. bereavement, so that might have thrown him off his game. But I think he I think he was still one of the better players on the weekend. His yep. pressure was good. Unfortunately, he missed two absolute sitters, yep. including what would have been our opening goal of the game, yep. um, when he had plenty more, a lot more time to get that snap off and then he missed a sitter of a set shot in the last quarter. Um, those from, those misses are why he doesn't get talked about in yep, the same yep. vein as the likes of Betts and yep. so forth because yep. that's that's just what sets him that's that's what brings him down a peg. But I agree that he had a fantastic season and uh, out of the blue for me I was I had very low expectations. I don't know why. Uh, basically we had a pretty poor year last year. But um, yeah, no I was wouldn't quite say I, I couldn't be happier, but, you know, very impressed with the season, and I hope he has another one like that next year. Yep. Uh, Dion Johnston, um, you know, we haven't seen much of him. Uh, I thought we were going to see a lot more of him, uh, particularly when he was uh, given a, a pre-season game early on. I thought um, I thought we'd see a lot more of him, but didn't really even get much game time there. Or I think he did, but he sort of played in the forward pocket, didn't really do much. So, yep, not much to say. We haven't really seen what he can do. I know nothing. Yeah. No, supposedly well, he's a good tackler and good yeah, with defensive stuff. He's so a box, boxing background. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Bring it on next year. Uh, yeah, do we need to talk about Neville Jetta? Um, no. That hasn't been said already about the guy. Um, no, I, well, I, I'm lucky I, I missed I would, out tonight. Yeah. I, I would just like to uh, fess up here. Um, I was one of those who thought, when looking at the side on paper, at the you know before the season started, that he might uh, struggle to hold his spot. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there was some 
fantastic logic to it at the time. I can't remember what it was now. Um, I, I didn't well, think he had there, another no, level to go to, but he to found it. one. He, he's been amazing. Yep. There was logic to it because there were some, even in the football department, who, not that they don't rate Jetta or didn't rate Jetta, but I think some in the football department thought that Joel Smith might replace him this year. Um, right. Now, now, as it turns out, Smith was injured for most of the year, so that was never going to come to fruition. But even if Smith had had a good year and managed to, to play in the senior side, it wouldn't have been at Jetta's expense um, because from round one, um, he was just sensational. So he was never uh, he was never going to leave the team. But um, I, I think there was there was um, rationale behind it at the start of the year. But uh, <laughs> anyone who had any doubts um, has had them well and truly dispelled by now. Mm-hmm. Yep, agree. Uh, Pat McKenna uh, was injured a bit. I. I've yep. heard, so, uh, yep, I don't know anything about the guy. Um, was he the guy that came from GWS? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep, yep. don't know anything Didn't, about didn't him. get on the park at all, did no. he, I don't think? I, I don't know. No. I know oh, barely. Hamstring yep. issues and other other issues, so, yep, we'll look look out for him next year, but I, I dare say he'll probably start, start in the twos and um, we'll see where he goes from there. Uh, Josh Wagner, pr- uh, frustrating year, sort of. Had some glimpses of some some good things, but then some um, yeah things that were quite unforgettable. How quite many uh, ball sorry. butchers can you have in one side? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the question. Yeah, and unfortunately, to bring into the same conversation is the next guy on the list, James Harms, um, who's also not necessarily a butcher, but um, he goes missing. Not uh, not a great user of the footy. Um, I am. And, I, I'm. I'm a James Harms fan. Yeah, I, re- I, I, I am too. Really, look, he really. Even he seems to be present. Have presence even when we're not going well, which I think is a um, a good attribute to have. I wouldn't describe him as one who goes missing at all. Um, he's one who who loves to try and use his pace. He's strong around the ball. He can take a good mark. Um, can kick goals. Uh, you know. Um, Ball use is not always perfect, but um, yeah, I, if you could only, I'm a fan. If you could only I, have, I have one of Nibbler or Harms in the side, who would you go for, Harms? I would go for Harms, but I would definitely yeah, go for Harms. Me too. Yep. Me too. Yep. Um, yeah. I thought he finished the year really well, James Harms. Not necessarily the game on the weekend. No one, no one uh, was really great on the weekend, but... Um, thought, yeah, in the weeks before that, he was uh, probably in the best form of his career, James Harms. Yeah, I think the St Kilda game uh, proved yep. um, or showed probably what he can do um, and, yep. yeah, probably had his best game ever. Um, now, the last player is not on this list, but uh, I guess Joel Smith, um, you know, a lot of rap, big raps on him uh, beginning of the year, um, unfortunately went down, you know, with that injury... Uh, in the first game, and then when he came back, sort of, uh, sort of struggled uh, to find uh, that form that he showed in the preseason. So, hopefully, you know, with all that sort of behind him, uh, the injuries. Because I think he, once he came back from injury, I think he got injured again. Um, 
I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, let's preseason under his belt uh, could hopefully be an important uh, part of that uh, back line. But has to get back on the list first, though, because I don't think he is a listed uh, player. I think he was um, elevated. I believe. I believe he's been signed. I, I thought I saw during the year that he he's been signed on the senior list for the for next year. So okay, guaranteed guaranteed promotion. Yeah, all right, great, fantastic. Yep, yep. No, I, I liked what I saw of him early on in the year. So, um, yep, very good. All right, that uh, rounds out uh, <laughs> rounds out the list. So, <laughs> where to from from here? Um, what's your expectations for next year and the off season? Uh, a final or two would be nice next year, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, yeah, I, I think it has to be finals. I mean, we, we discussed this year whether finals was the barometer um, for whether there's any improvement. But I, And, you know, there was a bit of debate whether, you know, finals was. We wanted to see some improvement, which we did. We won more games. Uh, but next year has to be finals. I, I think anything but making the finals next year is is a failure. Uh, what do you guys? Yeah, think? I mean th- things can happen as well. Like what happens if if Petrarca yeah, and lots of injuries yeah, and Oliver both did their knee yeah, well, in okay. the preseason? That's, like that's, you know things can happen. But yes. I think yeah, all things being equal, finals should, <laughs> finals should be the the benchmark for next year for sure. Yeah. Great, yeah. Viney. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement. Um, I was in the yep. finals, not um, uh, you know, not vital this year. Um, even though we should have done it in the end, given where we were. But uh, next year, um, as Nasha said, barring exceptional yep, well, circumstances, yep. absolutely, it has to be a bare minimum. Yep. Now, well, it's way too far in advance. But if uh, if we don't make finals, um, is uh, what? Well, D Milan's going to go into meltdown, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be banging for for blood. So let's all right. It's probably it's way too early. <laughs> Maybe it's just my MF, MFC SS uh, mindset. Uh, you should see someone projecting. about that. <laughs> I really should. I think I'm projecting, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I want finals next year. So I'm hungry, and I hope the players are hungry for it because. Um, yep. We need to uh, we need to start paying uh, paying off. You know, it's got to be some payoff uh, for all this hurt and pain. Yep, it does. All right. Anything else, uh, gentlemen? Uh, before we uh, wrap things up here, uh, I think we've said all that can be said. Um, if they're all just words. Yeah, they are <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think this is a this is a good point. This is our, uh, as I said, our uh, season uh, finale of the uh, Demonland uh, podcast. I, I would like maybe we'll uh, get together again, uh, maybe after the draft, to uh, just discuss uh, maybe the trade and draft period. We'll get together and uh, discuss what's uh, what's happened. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you guys, uh, Nasha, coming in late and Grape Viney for joining us uh, this this season. Disappointing, I know, but, um, yeah, let's pick ourselves up off the floor and uh, get ready for a big year next year. Thank you. Not ready, not ready to pick myself up off the floor just yet. I'm going to stay here and continue my tantrum for a little yeah, while so longer. Thank you very I've much. I've got to say I'm, I'm in the same boat. I've... 
I've hardly even been on the last week. I've just, yeah, head, head of, you know, this week, I should say. Yeah, head in the sand, just pretend it didn't happen. Well, I follow a lot of, on Facebook, I follow a lot of uh, footy, different footy pages, you know, the super, super coach, you know, the AFL page, all these other whatever. And I must say, I've done a lot of scrolling past things this week as soon as I see a footy jumper, particularly one of those finals teams. There's been a lot of scrolling done. My scroll wheel on my mouse is uh, is almost broken. Um, yeah. Cool. My can last, my last comment. One I final hope... message to the Demon Land community. Yes, uh, you have the floor, uh, Great Vining. Go for it. Use the search engine. You know what? <laughs> instead of instead of just jumping on and creating a thread because you've just read Mick Warner saying something in the paper or Mark Robinson or God knows where. Use the search, see whether it's there, look for existing threads that you can contribute to. Not everyone needs their own personal post-season whinging thread. Well, I, I thought that's why we had moderators uh, for, but no, <laughs> please do use the uh, search engine. Uh, yeah, it, it would help. Um, Nasha, uh, any parting words? Uh, just may Essendon and West Coast get absolutely annihilated in the first week of the finals. And not just yeah. them, Adelaide. We didn't talk about them, but I was I was yeah. a bit pissed off at them as well. I think I'm telling you, they did not take this game seriously. They'd sewn up top spot, and you know what? I don't. You, know, you say teams don't go in to lose. I don't think they were too keen on winning that game. I agree, and sometimes I really wonder. I honestly wonder why I barrack for them for three hours a year. <laughs> and I'm going to going to review that uh, commitment going forward. All right, uh, I think we're going to leave it there. Um, you can find us um, on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just search for Demonland. Um, join us again. We'll come back around uh, draft trade period time, uh, but we'll definitely be back next year to uh, follow our beloved demons. All right. Hope you're all well. Go days. <laughs>